Meetings Today is launching a new podcast. It's called Dare to Interrupt, hosted by speaker and writer Courtney Stanley. Dare to Interrupt is a podcast for women in the events industry, giving event professionals the chance to overhear raw, unfiltered conversations between some of the industry's most influential women. On the third Thursday of every month, you'll hear host Courtney Stanley have real discussions with female industry professionals shedding some light on important topics facing women today, like imposter syndrome, sexual harassment, and negotiating pay. This new podcast is bold, it's refreshing, and it will give you new talking points for your next networking event or dinner with friends, while also introducing you to the inspiring stories of colleagues in the meetings and hospitality industry. Subscribe now to Dare to Interrupt on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform, and don't miss the first episode dropping on January 23rd. Hello, and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. We're thrilled uh, today to have a real topical issue with a couple folks who are really uh, front and center in the meetings industry and really on top of all the issues uh, that affect it. Um, Joan Eisenstadt, principal of Eisenstadt Associates, LLC, and Roger Rickard, founder of Voices in Advocacy. Uh, thanks, uh, you guys, for joining us. Thanks, Tyler. Um, it, it, we're, Roger and I, you know, have had an interesting relationship for years. And... <laughs> Um, and and recently we've been talking more. And in fact, Roger, you were so nice to be interviewed for a recent Friday with Joan um, newsletter and blog on on meeting uh, for meetings today. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you uh, that Joan is our Friday with Joan blogger and uh, does a fantastic job with that. So uh, I got to got to make sure everyone knows that. So I'll just let you let you roll on. Um, thanks, and I, and I mentioned it because. Um, it was specifically about um, talking about issues that our industry, that the meetings and hospitality industry faces. And, and we then got into even more um, in a Facebook chat um, with others about why the issues, why it's important for people um, in it, everybody in the world, really. And, and so we were addressing the people in our industry because this is where um, this is where I work. Roger works more broadly and he'll talk about that. And I think that that what we both know, Roger and I, and I think Tyler, obviously you do, is that having just had an election, looking at the upcoming U.S. presidential election, looking around the world at the unrest that is truly impacting our industry, um, I think that that as as I see what people talk about, what I believe is that too few people in the meetings and hospitality industry are aware of the issues on their own ballots, on the issues on ballots in cities where they may be meeting, um, on issues where they may, on ballots where they may be traveling to. And we did um, recently on the Friday with Joan, we did a poll about, uh, and it's not scientific, but how many people were registered to vote and planned to vote. Um, and the majority said they were, and they planned to. A very small number of people said they weren't. And, and I think that when we look at issues, and, and I'll let Roger in a second go into more of the specific issues. I know that I posted, um, tweeted today from meetings today, one just one vote that occurred in Austin, Texas, that has a huge impact on the industry in terms of taxes, in terms of convention center. Um, I think that 
we have an obligation as industry professionals to educate. I think our associations have an obligation to educate about what the issues are. And I think we all have an obligation to ensure that people are registered to vote and then they vote. So Roger, I'm gonna turn to you and let you talk on some more specifics. Well, uh, thank you very much. And and, uh, thank you, Tyler and Joan for having me be with you today. and, and you're correct. My my work as uh, Voices in Advocacy is that, that I help grow advocates. And with that, I help train people and I, I try to inspire them that they have the voice to participate in the process. And in that, uh, there, I, I kind of wrote a book and I want to kind of start off with that where I, I have the seven actions of highly effective advocates. Just yesterday, I was speaking in Iowa, and someone came up to me and said, I have the book. And boy, your number three item, which was discuss the issues, was really vitally important to me. So I think the point here is that as an industry and as the multitude of different industry associations out there, we don't necessarily do a great job of educating our members about the specific issues and issue categories with that. And just to give a couple of examples, Joan, you, you mentioned, you know, Austin, but I, I do a program called Rip from the Headlines and we break them down into different silos, different issue silos. And I I break it down into like, okay, what are all the transportation issues? What are the safety and security issues, the tax issues, the infrastructure issues, the education issues, technology, the social issues? And, and, And I think it's vitally important. Sometimes it's hard for people to grab onto the big picture of the issues. And if we start kind of subdividing them and categorizing them, it becomes more of an easier focal point. Would you... Would you tend to agree with that, Joan, as an educator? I do. And I, what I think is interesting, Roger, as you said that, um, what occurred to me was that there was an uptick um, of programming around the Me Too issue and around um, panic buttons for hotels a couple of years ago when that was more in the headlines. Sandy Byback, who's a friend for, of all of ours, um, does a lot of educating on issues of human trafficking. Um I think that as an, I look at um, the, the programs that, that I get the emails for in the various industry associations, and I see very few, if any, that are focused on um, not only broad advocacy that you do, in other words, how to be an advocate, how to educate yourself, they're not focused on these issues. Um, I have been begging the industry associations to register people to vote at every single meeting, and um, the, the or even just put a link in a newsletter, something that reminds people of the importance. And realizing our industry is very broad, we're international, um, and you and I are talking more about the U.S., and I think we have to to realize that in an industry, in, in a world that's multinational, there isn't anything that impacts any of us that doesn't impact all of us and our entire hospitality, tourism, meetings, industry. Well, um, and so- I, I got to just jump in on that point because Roger was saying that also. We are in such a broad industry. There are so many uh, topics 
that are relevant across the board to our industry, whether it be like something like a bathroom bill or like a bed tax increase. I mean, how do you narrow it down to to what's important and how, do, how can you even grasp what's important uh, specifically? Uh, Tyler, I want to ask a question to that and then maybe Roger can answer it. So when you say, how do you, and Roger, you sort of said it too, it's um, it, as individuals, are you saying, how do we decide what we want to follow? Or are we saying as an industry and organizations or both? Maybe both. Um, and is it the job of an industry association to, you know, maybe uh, if it's a social issue, maybe there's a little bit of a, a standoff approach. I don't know, depending on what your politics are. But it maybe if it's something as very basic as like a bed tax or sort of like a, a sort of a financial or a, a tax issue in a destination, do they have a place to come out and advocate for or against things like that? And how, how do they narrow it down, uh, you know, getting back to the individual level on what's important? I know just everyone in all of our jobs and meeting planners, especially, have so many things to think about and juggle and worry about. Uh, how do they know what's important and what's, you know, for them to advocate? Roger, may I, I want to ask you a question before you answer, because as Tyler said that, I, I thought um, it's, it is really hard for me, Tyler, to answer that because my brain connects connects lots of dots. And so, for instance, when I see the fetching in so many groups about the cost of coffee or labor unions and the cost that people have to pay, what I broaden that to, I take it all the way out. Um, and, I, and, I, and I look at what's going on um, in the world with rowing coffee. And then I look at the cost of labor and, and all of that. So, uh, Roger, how... Um, do you have any a, an answer for how do you how do you narrow it down? This has always been one of the biggest challenges uh, since I became very active uh, from an advocacy standpoint in the industry uh, since the early '90s. The hard part about our industry is, uh, and when I put the when I say industry, I'm putting the blanket over. Uh, kind of the the trade organizations, uh, and is that they have embraced a model that that says the member, the direct member, the purpose for the association, and the supplier have like an equal footing. And the challenge with that is what may be good for one side is the opposite for the other side. Uh, so, so meaning what might be great uh, for a destination with an increase in a bed tax to help give more money to produce more visitors to that destination is born on the back of the planner. Um, and it's not that it's right or it's wrong. It's just that the diversity of the issue splits the group into many different factions. So as you're trying to sit back and say fairly what's best for all of us is you start to eliminate a lot of, of what we would might view as the real direct issues. Sorry, I want to ask a question because when, um, what I'm hearing you say and, and from Tyler's question, um, what my brain is doing is hearing a number of things. And that is, I think that 
it's not necessarily saying what's good for. It's the same thing as saying register to and vote without saying vote for a candidate or vote for this bed tax or vote for whatever the issue might be. It's just, it's, it's saying be aware of, um, understand that these are issues and and I, and and let me just quickly bring up um, Global Meetings Industry Day, which years ago, as you and I both know, was um, it used to be a, a day on Capitol Hill where people, um, before it was called that, where people learn from you and others how to talk with um, their senators and representatives, or on the state level at the state house, and and now it's. It, it seems to be, and what I've heard from people involved in, uh, at local chapter levels about the education, it's a celebration and there is no directive about education. So even if we did, if there was a directive that said from meetings being business um, that encompasses the industry from US travel. So what if it was said that at your meetings, you need to cover one of these issues. And I mean, the list is long. Um, and just to have people begin to understand them and to help people register. All right, Joan, you gave me a lot of things in one statement there that I'm, know, I'm, sorry. I'm that I'm supposed to try to kick the tire for here. So oh let God. me let me go back to one thing. Let me be very clear. Even though the issue may be split among who the membership is, uh, that one side, you know, one side believes this, the other side believes that, does not mean that we shouldn't be educating people that, that there is that diversity within the industry. I think it's really important that we see both sides of an issue. Um, because this isn't political. This is more about governing and understanding what the issues are. So it's not a right or left or a personal beliefs. It's about strictly how does issue A affect group, you know, Z versus issue A affecting group Y. Um, So that's very clear. Uh, in that regard, I, I absolutely unequivocally believe that we must educate people and we must actually leave them with more questions than answers, because then that provokes them to dig a little bit deeper and to see how does that affect them individually, their jobs, their career, their organization that they represent, whether that's the supplier side or the planner side, and then about the overall arching industry. Uh, so having said that, let me address the, the uh, GM uh, ID. Uh, you are absolutely correct, Joan. Uh, when we were involved, you know, uh, uh, back when uh, the dinosaurs roamed the earth, uh, we had what was Meetings Industry Legislative Action Day. And that was in the 90s. And there were seven or 11 uh, co-sponsoring organizations that encompass the entire industry. One of the, the hardest things about doing that was not recruiting people to come to DC and to go to Capitol Hill and meet with their members of Congress and staff. The hardest thing was trying to figure out what are key issues could we all agree are vitally important to us with without hurting somebody else. So a hotel may have a stand on one thing, an airline may have a stand on one thing, 
Planners may have a stand on one thing and they may not congeal. They may not come together because of that. That's what makes this difficult from a standpoint of clearly listing a group of three, four, five, six priorities that, you know, we all should be uh, fighting for. That makes it difficult, but that does not mean that we shouldn't use and people shouldn't do their research and use the trade publications like Meetings Today and and the podcasts and that to be able to educate themselves about what the issues are and will they affect their organization. So in a sense, I, I think of things like, you know, we brought up the social issues and we brought up, you know, uh, Tyler, you said the bathroom issues, the re- religious freedom issues and, and things like that. So one of my questions that I ask people when I do educate them is, should these political issues be used as a weapon against the destinations by meetings? Be- and the reason why I bring that up is the destination may not be for those bills at all. They hardly ever are. They I, hardly I, ever they, are. They, I could say they never are because I, I think that's probably an accurate well, statement. Well, yeah, and and, and, and I want to jump in on that because working with a lot of different clients, um, some of whom have had to cancel meetings because of, um, because of bills that have been passed, I think that it, whether or not it is, I think that each individual meeting, let's look at everybody in the industry, but from the meeting planner side, I think that, that we represent um, the, those of us who are third parties have to advise our clients um, on issues that are going to be faced on a ballot or that may be uh, considered by a city council or, or, or a state house um, in a place that they're considering going or that they may have a contract with. And, and we are then responsible for those who attend the meeting and what the impact may be. So again, it, it, to me, it's, it's understanding any issue and whether it's what we're calling a social issue or um, um, a financial issue, but a financial can also be, um, can fall into a lot of categories. So I think that it's a matter of understanding what the issues are that cause your group um, to have any difficulty in ensuring that people are going to come to your meeting. Yeah. And I think uh, just getting people involved, I mean, coming full circle, almost back to where we started this. I mean, that's not a, that's not really a, a right or a left political concept, you know, paying attention to what's going on with the gut, with your government and how it affects your industry. I mean, and, I'm, you know, I'm horrified. Sorry. I was going to say that I'm horrified at how low the voter um, turnout is in the United States, it, um, including where I live in the, in, in the nation's capital. Um, and, so I think that that I, it, at the very least, to me, the industry has an obligation to to not only educate on the issues, to encourage people to be involved. To, to, Roger, to go back to the when we did the day on the hill, um, people live in communities where there are laws that are being passed and where there are issues. And when you mentioned infrastructure early on. Um, all of these issues impact everything that we do. And to me, to just even raise the issues um, so that people are aware and then to say, here's how you do it. And, and sadly, Roger, you are one of the few people, if not the only person, um, 
who is for our industry doing work on advocacy. Yeah, and I want to thank thank you for that, Roger, and you too, Joan. I mean, I mean, someone's got to uh, got to be front and center on this. It's just too important to to let uh, not be addressed, right? Well, you know, first of all, thank you for the for the compliment. I want to I want to kind of get back a little bit to you know GMID, uh, the Global Meetings Industry Day, because I think I think that's the ideal mm-hmm. venue. And it, yeah. And I think it's been morphed uh, over the few years that it exists. And I think it's now morphing into, well, let's have a celebration, let's have a party, and let's say we're an important industry. Well, you know, fluff doesn't get it. Fluff doesn't get you the press. Fluff doesn't doesn't help you uh, elevate your profession or elevate what you do for society because of your profession. Uh, you know. Meetings are the largest form of adult education in the world, and we need to be advocating what those key values are. What is our good story? Why do we exist? What what do we bring to different stakeholder groups? And and I think yeah, that it should be yeah. all about advocacy, and and whether and whether and whether that advocacy is about learning the issues, whether that advocacy is about saying we as an industry need to make sure that we as an industry are counted when it comes time for election day and that we're you know, voting. Every nonprofit, according to the law in the United States, is allowed to conduct voter registration drives. They are not allowed, if they're a 501c3, uh, but they're not allowed to recommend which party affiliation someone and can't preordain a party affiliation. But they can surely say, here are the forms that you can fill out. Here's the link to where to go if you want to do it online. Whatever the state regulations are for registering to vote, the state and the district. Thank you. To, I know. And Puerto Rico and Guam and, you know, the other territories. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but but more importantly about the fact that, A, they should be using that in every way, shape, or form to register people, to help them engage in the fact that we do have issues. And I, I'm sitting here in front of me because I use these cards when I am doing programs, educating on, on ripped from the headlines, one of the things that I do. And, and in these cards, I listed off, you know, those different, pillars of issues. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking and I'm looking at one infrastructure. Well, who, who in our industry would be against better airport development, more lift, better roads, bridges, mass transit facilities uh, that we can use to help people uh, attend meetings uh, in an easier way. Who is against safety and security? You know, what a- and I think, and it, it's interesting to me because I think if, if if we look at infrastructure as an example, um, again because I live in the nation's capital, and people are always surprised when I say, "Yeah, there's a you know there was a power outage citywide, or we had um, our water. In fact, next week is going to be turned off by the city for at least twelve hours." Um, and I'm right across 
um, from the FBI. <laughs> so I'm in a major location. Um, and I think that infrastructure, I think all of these issues should be addressed by GMID, should be addressed by the chapters. And, and I don't have a magic wand um, to figure out how to get the chapters to get the industry to get GMID on board to say that we must educate and we must help people understand just what just basics of, of even these broad topics for people to look at. I write about some of them. Um, well, I mean, it's tough. Joan, Joan, the answer is none of this is ever easy. So it's it's the old adage, though, of, you know, how do you eat an elephant one right. bite at a time? Right. We, we have got to continue and, and be vigilant about the fact that issues are vitally important. It reminds me, uh, when I sat on the Government Affairs Committee for MPI in the, in the 90s, and we were the catalyst behind the Meetings Industry Legislative Action Day, and it reminds me that we decided that it would be really good for chapters to have a government affairs program uh, at the chapter level. And they kind of got extra points. They were incentivized as chapters to, to do these kind of things. And the pushback was, but our members don't ever say that that's what they want. Right. And, and my pushback is, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And if you don't know that this is important, you're not going to do that. So we went out, we did focus groups, we did these education programs, and they turned out in many cases to be the highest rated programs of the year for the chapter because the fact that all of a sudden it opened eyes to people that never thought that they existed. And we've got to remember, while the three of us on this call are what I would call seasoned individuals in the industry. Uh, we've got a lot of people that are new to the industry. Mm-hmm. We've got young professionals that are inundated with all the details of what their job are, and they can't see the forest for the trees because of that. And so we need to get back down into the grassroots level, of these organizations, and educate them. And one of, one of the things that I find interesting is the Events Industry Council has, what, 32, 34 organizations that are a part of the Events Industry Council, including all the major, you know, meetings organizations. But when you look at all the U.S. members of those organizations that make up the council, we may have 40, 50,000 people. Yet our own economic significance study indicated that in the U.S. we had 1.8 million full-time people in the industry. Well, what's happening to the other 1.7 plus million? And are we educating them in no way, shape or form? So it's even broader than just the association. Well, I think uh, lots of uh, of things to contemplate and chew on from uh, today's podcast. I don't know if any of you have anything to add. I mean, the one thing I would say is, you know what, um, I really kind of uh, hit home with me on uh, the whole GMID thing. And, like, you know, let's maybe push back against any mission creep on that. And maybe you don't have to be, um, you know, all advocacy uh, 24-7 on that. But uh, keep that in in the loop and the importance of that, of, of the very genesis of really why that whole industry day was created. I mean, that's 
my two cents. And, and Tyler, you know that I have written on that um, a number of times in the blog, and and um, and it is something that I talk about frequently, and and that I get issues. So I think that um, as we probably begin to wind down, I, my, and we'll both have, I, I think, similar closing issues. And I and I agree with you, Roger, that the number of people who work in this industry is far greater than those represented by. EIC by GMI, that those who attend GMID that represented by the chapters, even U.S. travel. And I think that, um, I think that Tyler, this is where um, meetings today can certainly help in terms of, of being an advocate. We can maybe come up with something that we can do um, on the website and elsewhere to make sure that people become aware and, and um, I will also give a plug for um, at meetings today on Twitter since we do post a lot of things about current issues and things that we should aware of. And my, my, um, my wish, my hope, my, um, my demand is that anybody who hears this um, at least registers to vote and votes in both their local elections as well as um, any national or international elections wherever they are, um, and that they take a few other people with them. So one of the things that I'll piggyback off of that, Joan, is most people don't realize there are over 350,000 elected officials in the United States. Now take a second to absorb that number, 350,000. There are 537 that are elected that go to Washington, D.C. 537 versus 350,000. So to piggyback on your point about voting in local elections, you know, that's where most of these issues really, the rubber meets the road as far as a standpoint of how you're affected, particularly our industry with, with taxes and with infrastructure issues. Yeah, the federal government funds it, but it's the states and the local and the counties that make the decisions as to what gets done and how it gets done. I'd like to close with two thoughts. One, you know, there are some organizations in our industry that are doing a good job. And I know that IAE has their legislative day called Exhibitions Mean Business, specifically for the Exhibitions Trade Show side of things. And they're working all year long on specific goals with legislation. But my second point to this is that if this becomes a big issue, meaning that we should have these conversations about the issues in the industry, well, then why not uh, throw this out here, Tyler? Meetings today, be a leader here, and maybe once a month say, we're going to address a pillar of an issue, and we're going to start to have some specific conversations drilling down on specific issue categories. I like that idea, but I might need some help doing that. I think yeah, I know I somebody know, that I can know help. I know at least two of us who can help with that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> All right. Well, we all we all talk ourselves into more work, but it's for a good cause, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Joan, and thank you, Roger. Uh, I'm just I'm so uh, happy we we did this. I was really excited. Um, a great topic. So thanks, you guys, and thanks um, all of you out there in listener land for uh, listen to the meetings today podcast. Um, you like what you heard, um, or you want to hear uh, some podcasts about many other issues, head on over to the meetingstoday.com. We have a 
whole site set up for podcasts, and you can also subscribe to them, get them pushed to you on your various devices. So thanks for joining us, and uh, register to vote. Thank you.